Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. I'm your host, Sarah M. Chappell. Today, we're going to dive into what to do when your marketing isn't working. Marketing SOS, if you will. This is one of the big things that comes up in my community. I hear y'all in my DMs about this. I, I see the complaints on social media about it. When you put something up, you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into it, and it doesn't get a response. What do you do? Before we dive in, um, a couple quick uh, updates, notes, fun things. First of all, our rebrand for the podcast is underway, so we'll keep you posted. My current plan is that we will probably launch the rebrand, rebrand excuse me, in January, but I just want to keep letting you know it's going to be the same feed, but it's going to have a new name, we're going to have a new intro, all this stuff. So just, just you know, don't freak out one day. <laughs> I'm going to probably say this every week when everything looks different. It's going to be great. Um, but we'll probably be doing that in January. And uh, second, we are going to be doing a free live training um, on November 16th. And I would love to go ahead and invite you to join us. This is going to be for those of you that have started your business, you're in your first couple years in business, and you're starting to see maybe what works and what doesn't, but you are not getting the customers that you want. And if you, even if you are kind of generating some revenue and getting the customers that you want, you are doing too fucking much. Okay. You are stuck in hustle mode. Um, we have a whole great episode about the difference between hard work and hustle that we can link here. That's a great place to start into this topic. The webinar is going to be called, uh, how to attract your ideal customers without doing all the things hashtag doing all the things, Blah. no, we don't want to do all the things, right? We want to do the things that make a difference in our business that bring the right people to us and that serve both us and the people that are buying from us. So you can register for this webinar for free, share it with your friends, totally free at holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash attract. Don't worry, there will be a replay that we'll send out that will be available for 48 hours. So if you can't be there live, no worries, but I definitely recommend that you do show up live. You'll get a lot more out of it and you can ask me any questions you have. You can like, you know, let me help you with your business in this free training. Super fun. Those of you that haven't been on a training with me before, you might not know this, but I'm gonna, not going to lie. I give good webinar. I love doing these trainings. I will stay until every single question you have is answered. We expect the training to be about an hour, hour and 10 minutes, and then we'll do Q&A. So maybe block like an hour and a half off. November 16th, holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash attract. We're going to talk specifically about how to apply the holistic business framework to your business. And we're also going to do some really great like math in a good way <laughs> to help you rearrange your schedule, to reprioritize and figure out how to actually communicate effectively to your customers so they are excited to buy. And that leads us back to our topic for today, right? So how many of you have, oh, I don't know, really thought hard and made a really cool offer and like come up with some really awesome and you like post it on social media, you put it on Instagram or you like make a TikTok video, you worked really hard and nothing happens, right? Crickets. Maybe you get a few likes, maybe you get a you know comment or two, maybe somebody saved it, but like it's really not going well, right? You might be able to write off one, but then what happens if you do it again? That's when people start to be like, oh, the algorithm hates me, right? The algorithm is hiding my posts. Well, there are some specific use cases where that does happen. And there are definitely things that social media algorithms are prejudiced against. Chances are for most of us, that's not what's happening. 
what is happening when we don't get the interaction and worse, the sales that we're looking for with our marketing? It sucks. <laughs> okay, I know. I, I feel like I've been a kind of a bit of a, a Debbie Downer <laughs> in a lot of my own marketing recently, but I'm getting really sick of like the like fake positive vibes. Like we can't talk about the hard things. Everything has to be like inspirational in business. And I just work with too many folks and run my own business and just know that a lot of times things don't work. And then a lot of times they don't work because they're not good <laughs> or more than that. Truly, what I mean is that they're not effective. So let's break down what that means, right? When I say that something sucks, I want to be clear. I am, that is not a judgment. I, this is on my mind because I put up something this week. I totally half-assed it. I knew it sucked. I put it up and guess what? It sucked. No one cared. <laughs> it was, no one cared. Worst post of the year. Okay. Not literally, but pretty close. And oftentimes, even when we do make something we really love, we make a beautiful Instagram post, we send a great email to our list. If we don't get the result we're looking for, that means there is a disconnect. It is ineffective, okay? It didn't do its job. It doesn't matter how much you like it or how good you think it is. In terms of the job it's supposed to do, it kind of sucked. And I'm going to be honest, I think it's helpful to talk about it that way. You may not. Maybe you want to kind of, you know, like hold your darlings close, but in sales and marketing, this is a kill your darlings kind of vibe, right? What we like, what we enjoy, while that matters in terms of how we set up our business and our offers, when it comes to communicating effectively with our customers, our needs are not primary, right? Once your boundaries are set, <laughs> to be clear, but your needs are not primary when it comes to marketing and sales communications, your potential customers' needs are. And the feedback that we get from something we put out there is telling us about their needs and whether or not we're meeting them. So what do we do when we are creating posts, creating emails, maybe making a Facebook ad, and it doesn't work? Well, the first thing is, it has literally never been easier, this is one of those great internet things, to know whether or not something worked. Okay, we get this instantaneous feedback. You know whether an ad is working usually within 48 hours, <laughs> to be honest, right? It might, it can take a little bit longer, maybe two weeks to really see the full like benefits of an ad. But like if it's crashing and burning, you know, in like two or three days, it, it doesn't take weeks or months like it used to when you would like put together an ad campaign and put it in a magazine. Then the magazine goes out three or four months later. And then hopefully people are going to buy in the next three or four months. Like the cycle is so much shorter online. With social media, you know, for better or worse, we do get essentially instant feedback on whether or not what we're doing works. So that's a good thing. Now, a lot of times that feedback, again, it isn't what we want, right? I got the feedback this week that y'all didn't care what I had to say on that topic or the way I presented it didn't work. <laughs> and that is useful, though, because it let me know, especially because I, I said earlier, I half-assed it and I got a zero-ass response. I deserve that. But we can go through a triage of our marketing SOS to try to figure out what is wrong. And there's a few steps I'd like to guide you through. So the first step, and this is the one that I'm kind of alluding to that I already did, is the self-assessment. Did you actually think about it before you did it? <laughs> now, this one is a little bit harder to acknowledge. And if you need to push this to the end of your triage, you can. But I find that I often know if I haven't thought about something, if I haven't pulled together all the marketing strategies I've known, maybe consciously or in my case at this point, mostly unconsciously, but pulled together the strategies, really considered who I'm trying to reach, think about what I'm trying to communicate and craft something that really like answers that question that really communicates clearly and effectively. And 
again, for I find often that when things don't work, this is what's happening. Now, it doesn't mean you didn't try. I, I don't mean to say that necessarily, but often what it means is that we didn't really pull together our resources to make our best effort or even like a half-assed effort, like a quarter S. <laughs> and this is not the only reason things don't work, so don't worry, we're gonna go into some more triage, but I do see this pretty commonly, especially when people are tired, when people are burnt out, when people don't really wanna be marketing or selling, when like, you know, you're like, oh, I don't really wanna do a launch right now, but it's on the books, or like, oh, I don't really wanna promote this thing, but I gotta make some money. That's when we start to see these, um, these marketing communications that, like we tried, we made the effort, but we're not really putting our best communication skills forward because what's primary for us is the, oh, I have to do it or, oh, I have to, you know, I'm supposed to do this, right? That's generally what's primary when we're making that content rather than the customer, okay? So let's just do a quick gut check on that, all right? And again, if that is feeling a little harsh to you, take care of yourself, you do you. But often I find that if I'm not honest with myself about that first, then it's harder to get into the next steps to actually solve the problem. So me this week, I had to be like, yeah, Sarah, you knew you half-assed that and uh, you got a response that that let you know that you were, yes, you did not did not try. And time spent isn't the same as, as kind of effective effort, right? So you can spend like 30 hours writing something, but if you're doing it because you have to and that's what's primary, you're gonna get the kind of result that um, that I'm talking about. So we wanted to do that gut check. Where was I when I was making this, right? Or, you know, if you're, there's a team member and you reviewed it and like it didn't, you know, and were you actually reviewing it carefully or were you just kind of like, oh, I just can't deal with this right now. I'm sure it's fine, okay? Because unfortunately, the reality is that often we can tell consciously or subconsciously through the way it's communicated um, if a piece of sales or marketing material was actually crafted for us, was crafted with care. And it might be nice to think that we can get away with not doing that, um, but people know. I know one of the things in my writing, for, for example, when I am half-assing it, I will tend to cobble together different things and just kind of glue them together. <laughs> and that means my transitions are usually off and I know it and I see it and I just don't care. And when the transitions are off, like between paragraphs or between topics and something, that creates little points of dissonance, right? Your job when you're writing something is to guide the reader through the experience. And if you're jumping around, well, that can be a great literary device, right? There are tons of books that go back and forward in time, for example, or from different perspectives. Um, that's, a, that's a literary device. And often they're very complicated to read. Like, I think of uh, Infinite Jest, right? Like th there's a book that uses perspective and time shifts, like, and is just like completely overwhelming for most readers. You, you have no idea what's going on for the first 50 pages of that book. That's not the experience we really want when we're doing marketing, <laughs> okay? Uh, that's not what we're looking for. Um, you'll see, you know, uh, I'm just trying to go other examples. Like Game of Thrones uses perspective shifts, right? If anyone has ever actually read the books at this point, I feel like I say that and everyone thinks I'm talking about the TV show. I mean the books. Um, but they're clearly labeled, right? You know who's talking. So there's a way that George R. R. Martin's like helping you to experience that. Our marketing communications, we don't want that to be like that, right? We don't actually, we don't want customers to have to fill in the dots. Our job is to fill in the dots. Our job is to not only draw the map, but color it in fully. You're creating your own little fantasy world, right? You're, it's it's Game of Thrones, you're you're opening up the book and there's like that map on the first like two, two inner pages of the world. Our job is to make that map, not to just draw the outline and be like, I hope they get it. So, 
for again, for me, I know that that's a place where I can often look back at my work and be like, oh, I, I know I half-assed it and this is how that manifests for me. Your work will be different, right? There's probably different things that you skip over that you kind of don't worry about or you kind of like, you know, we all have our kind of own quirks for what we do. So I will kind of copy and paste my own work and try to remassage it, um, but kind of half-ass it. I love repurposing, don't get me wrong, but I'll kind of half-ass it. And then my transitions will be messed up and people aren't really able to follow fully, okay? Another thing that might happen to you is that we don't actually get a really clear hook, all right? We're gonna start to get into the second piece of this, which is assessing how to figure out what to try next. But if we're half-assing something, we're probably not actually answering a question that our customer has. The best marketing and sales communications are always anticipating questions that your customers have. And those questions can often be in the forms of kind of statements like, oh, this won't work for me. That's actually a question. I mean, not literally, but like the, this won't work for me is, you know, is an objection. That's really a question of like, you know, I'm afraid this won't work for me. What can you tell me to help me understand if it will? Okay. Oh, I, um, will I, you know, will I get an ROI on this? What if I waste my money on it? Right. What they want to know. The question is, how will you help me understand whether or not this is a waste of money? So the best marketing communications are actually answering questions before you even get them. You are anticipating the response of your potential customers. And this gets easier over time because you start to get more and more of the actual questions, the actual objections, the actual concerns that people have, the actual things, um, knowledge that people are missing about your offer and about your work. And that's what marketing, you know, communications are. Those of you that are in the Holistic Business Academy, you know this if you have gone through our framework. Um, it, you know, that I break this down into like much more explicitly inside our program, of course. But essentially what we're trying to do is to help them understand, help your potential customer understand all the different facets of your offer through this lens. Okay. So when we are rushing, what I find is that I see a lot of content. I create it myself that is not actually for anyone. It's not actually answering any question. It's literally like we're checking off the list. Like, oh, it was on my list today to make an Instagram post. Oh, well, I guess I'll just do this thing. And every once in a while, one of those will hit. And sometimes that actually makes it harder to do the triage because we think that, oh, it worked once, so it'll work again. I can get away with it. I don't know how many of you are perfectionism procrastinators, but you know, this it reminds me so much of like the one time that I stayed up till like four in the morning studying for an exam and got a great result. And I used that and I extrapolated that and said, oh, here's a data point that lets me know that I can just not study until the night before the exam, right? Or you'll hand in a paper late, but it was so good that you got a good grade even though it was late. It's the same thing with our marketing, right? Every once in a while, you know, we'll write an email that just like ends up being fucking brilliant, even though we did it half-assed at the last minute and we think we can get away with it. And like, sure you can, right? But we're here for marketing SOS. You're not getting the result you want. That means we want to add a little bit more planning. So this first step is just the check-in. And I'm kind of saying the like, were you half-assing it? But other questions here might be, how were you feeling, right? Were you not feeling well? I half-assed stuff last week and I'm going to keep half-assing it to be completely honest because I'm not feeling well. I haven't been feeling well for a long time. So my half-ass is all I got right now, <laughs> okay? So I am going to have to live with the repercussions of that in terms of how effective my work is at the moment. Um, you might say, was I sick, right? Was I distracted? You know, what was going on when I created this piece of content? Um, and how was I feeling about it? And this is really that first level, that first gut check of, your your state when you were creating 
Now, I do know folks who are just like so good at like switching it on and off and are able to sit down and, and do that kind of work without worry. But for a lot, I'd say most of the people I know who run their own businesses, who have kind of a personal brand business or are the, the primary or only person in their business, it's harder to do that when it's your own business to kind of, to really kind of just switch on work brain and churn out great content. So just something to be mindful of. Our second step then is like, all right, we're going to assess how we felt, right? And maybe try to discern how that affects our work. Again, I have some specific things that I, could, I always see when I look back and I'm like, good job, Sarah. Like, you, you know that's going to be a problem and you do it anyway. <laughs> um, the second thing that we want to look at is we want to look at the piece itself. Ideally with fresh eyes. There's two good ways to do this. The bad way to do this is to try to assess this when you're in the middle of the emotional experience of it not doing what you want to do, right? When you send out the email and like three people open it, like you like a 0.1% open rate, okay, that would be very low. But let's say you get a 5% open rate on an email or something and a 0% click-through rate, that's not the moment to assess it. You got to put it aside, okay? Because you're in the emotional experience of it, you're not gonna be able to see it fully. Or, you know, when you post it up on Instagram and you don't get any likes, you check back an hour later and there's like five likes, not the time to assess your work. But when you can come back to it with a little bit more breathing room around it, we want to look at it. The first thing we want to ask is what I was alluding to earlier is what question is this answering, right? What assumption, belief, um, kind of prerequisite knowledge, objection is this speaking to? Essentially, why does this exist? for our customer? What is it doing for the potential customer? And if you can't answer that question, it is never going to be an effective piece of content. Again, unless it's one of the random, you know, things where you just happen to hit it, which happens, that's cool. But we don't want random, we want effective. So we gotta look, why this piece of content? And ultimately, you know, with the addition of like the personal gut check, if you, knowing why you made a specific piece of content, and that is is probably like the most useful metric I can think of for, yeah, most useful metric I can think of for trying to assess a piece of marketing um, content that you've put out into the world. So again, the answer can't be, oh, well, I was supposed to, or I felt like I needed to post. That's not an answer in this situation, right? That can be the, that can be the impetus for creating it, but we need a real answer. What is this doing for the potential customer? And if you can't answer that about the piece of content that you made, then you know your initial problem, right? You made something that doesn't have a purpose. Okay, no problem. But now we've identified it. Now, if you can say, oh, no, I made this because I know my customers are afraid to make investments in their uh, spiritual health. Um, they think that, you know, they, that they're not important enough to make investments in because they have other stuff they should be spending the money on. So I made something to speak to that concern, right? I was trying to answer that question for them about like, why is it worth it for them to invest in themselves? Okay. That's a very common, um, concern that people have and deep mindset stuff, right? So if you know, great. Then we go to the second layer of this question, which is, did it do its job? Well, the good thing is we already know it didn't do a job. I mean, it's not good, but we already know. So we need to try and figure out where the breakdown is. This can be a really useful space, especially to speak to a coach, um, to speak to um, a mastermind group, to speak to some peers, some colleagues. You can show it to random people in your life as well, um, but I often find you don't get quite the right feedback. But you can show it to somebody to say, hey, what do you think this is about? Or what did you learn from this? Um, and get some outside feedback because often we haven't been as clear as we think we've been. Our communication 
in our marketing, if it's not working, is not it's either not doing something it needs to do, right? It doesn't have a purpose or it's not clear. So if you have a purpose, then we need to see where was the breakdown. So getting an outside set of eyes can be extremely helpful for this. Um, but we can also take a look at talking to other people, just so you know, you can ask your partner, ask a friend to take a look at it and say, you know, give me the summary. What was the point of this? What did you learn? <laughs> and see if anything comes back to you that resembles your goal. But chances are there's a breakdown in how clearly you made your case, how clearly you communicated that. And then the last thing we might want to look at is, was it strong enough to grab someone's attention? This is the hook. Okay, so a hook statement in, you'll hear it in journalism, definitely in marketing and advertising. This is your initial opportunity to get someone to pay attention to what you are creating. All right, so that first initial statement is your opportunity to let people know whether or not they want to keep engaging with your content. Now this is true if it's a video, definitely, right? The first few things you say, you have maybe three or four seconds to grab someone's attention. Um, on something like Instagram, if you, depending on the kind of graphic you're using, that might be the quote graphic that you're using. If you're using like a block that has like text on it, um, it's definitely your first sentence of your Instagram post. On email, this is usually the subject line. And then sometimes there's like a, a pre-header or something that'll show up or the first sentence of your email that will show up when somebody is looking at your email in your inbox, okay? And then like classically in journalism, usually there's like an initial hook in the first paragraph that is like a, a, a the, like the newsworthy, juicy, tasty thing that's gonna get people excited. So especially on social media, right? We have to envision, I mean, if you're on TikTok, you'll, I mean, the videos will just start. So it's like those first few seconds of the video. Um, if you are on, you know, Twitter, I mean, all Twitter is just hook statements. <laughs> so I guess there's that. Um, I think all Twitter is just like a collection of hook statements. Um, but on Instagram, this is a big one where I see people really miss this opportunity. That first sentence of your Instagram post, that's what people care about. So I thought we would be, do something kind of fun is I'm actually going to assess one of my posts that underperformed. Is this fun? I think it's fun. This is one of the things that we do inside the Holistic Business Academy for our members is one of our coaching calls every month is an asset review call where me and my team go through um, assets that people have submitted and offer feedback. And I'm going to do essentially that for myself right now to show you how I would triage this experience. So I have a post that I put up yesterday, half fucking ass. I'm looking at all my half ass posts. I'm looking at my numbers and I'm like, wow, you can see that my ass was, my ass was half. Um, and it says... It's a red quote block. Now my red color and my branding tends to be my best performing color on my feed. It stands out. We do black letter on red. It's very bold. Um, it really catches the eye in the feed. So this is the first time that I've posted something with that color that has really underperformed. <laughs> Great, right? <laughs> and that gives me some a sense. I have enough data now to say, okay, that tells me that this post itself was actually really not good. <laughs> it, I didn't have a good hook because I know that that color tends to perform really well. So if you have a format that always performs really well for you or tends to, that can be an indicator when it doesn't that there's something off with your content. Not always, right? We're, you know, it's hard to say how much of this is statistically relevant, but to me, that was a data point. So it's a quote block and it says, what is a holistic business? So here's my first, my first problem. Can you guess what my problem is? Okay, I know I can't actually hear from you, but I'm gonna tell you my problem. This isn't a question my customers have, they don't fucking care. No one cares. 
Okay. My brand is called Holistic Business Academy. I talk about holistic business as a concept a lot, but actually you don't need to understand a damn thing about it in order to get in the next step in my business. That is not the question a customer has. What is a holistic business? They really don't care. I'd say that one, I mean, gosh, once every couple of months, we get a question from somebody being like, oh, I don't have a holistic wellness business, or I don't have a spirituality business. Can I still join HBA? It's in our FAQ. It's something we talk about, but it's actually a very uncommon question. And very few people are running around asking, what is a holistic business? I'm dying to know. Okay. So that's my first thing. My hook, my graphic, it's something people don't actually care about. And I can look at that now and be like, God, why did I think that was... That was the thing to say. Instead, I would probably make, I love a question. I love questions that I teach questions all the time. I would probably shift this to a bold statement. Something maybe more like where I'm going to speak to the content of the post itself. It's something that's a little bit pokier, a little bit of a stronger take. Maybe it could be something like, just because your business is holistic doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Okay. That's a little bit long, but we're getting closer. Holistic business isn't easy. Holistic business isn't, uh, I don't know, soft and simple. Because some of the misconceptions that I see people have, essentially kind of an underlying belief is that some kind of, that having a business that is holistic is somehow just going to require like not doing anything. Like there's this, this is one of my, you guys who listen to the show, this is one of my things that drives me nuts that, um, that there are so many people talking, you know, kind of like preaching this business uh, where you don't have to do anything, meditate your way to 10K kind of vibes. And it drives me, it really bothers me because I think I think you're lying to people. I just don't think that's true. Um, and I say this as, you know, a witch who can do, make all sorts of interesting things happen. Um, you still have to take action. So what is a holistic business? That is not a hook. No one gave a fuck. And I can look at it now and be like, no, that was pretty weak. Because that's not even a question people have. But a bold statement that kind of speaks to a belief or an assumption that people have, um, that would have been a stronger move here. Okay? So the purpose of the post, well, that gets a little bit wonky. It gets a little bit wonky because I didn't really think about it, right? So I said that at the beginning. I was half-assing this, and I can tell. Um... The real purpose though, was I did want to present essentially how I view business. Um, and that for me in the purpose would be a trust building exercise. Okay. I'm presenting my thesis about business so that I can increase trust between me and my potential customers. So they actually understand what I believe and what I stand for as a teacher and how that influences business, right. And what I teach, because what I believe about business is naturally going to influence how I teach and how I guide people. So that is important information. The secondary trust building here is that I'm also, to some extent, though I didn't do it very well, trying to show my expertise, right? So not only am I showing my beliefs, I'm trying to show my expertise by trying to engage with some more complicated topics or really speak to, in this particular post, my more philosophical rather than practical approach to business. So ideally, my ideal clients like that I have a very philosophical kind of um, foundation to my work, right? What we teach is often very practical, but I have an entire business cosmology that Holistic Business Academy is rooted in. And my ideal clients really like that. They like that I am a business philosopher, as one of them told me, that that's something that um, that, is, that is helpful, right? That, that people enjoy. Um, so... 
that is what that post should have done. This should have been a trust building post, which is answering the question, who the fuck are you and why should I trust you with my money to help me grow my business? <laughs> right? It's a pretty basic question. Almost everyone's going to have that kind, that kind of question. Why should I pick your work? Now let's take a look at the hook statement or the hook statement that isn't. Most folks think, most folks think that holistic means wellness, including the body, mind, and spirit. Eh, I mean, it's not terrible. Uh, we're doing something interesting here, which is that we are meeting people where they are. We're saying, okay, maybe you're one of these people that um, because of the marketplace thinks that when we say holistic, we mean wellness, right? Because there is holistic wellness. That is, that's probably the most common usage of the word holistic at this point, um, holistic wellness. So there's something there where we are meeting the customer where they are. We're starting at the journey where they are right now with the assumptions they're making about that word. That's okay, that's kind of weak. Most folks think that holistic means wellness, including the body, mind, and spirit. I mean, that just sounds like a yawn to me. So it's like, would you stop and read that? I think this is the part of self-assessment that's really challenging for business owners. Would you actually read that? If you saw that, would that stop your scroll? Probably not. I wouldn't fucking care. I would not stop and read that. So that's this, this kind of editor brain that we need to bring to an assessment like this and say, okay, well, some people stopped and read it, but really that didn't capture the imagination. That didn't make me curious to see what I was going to say next. It's my own fucking post. So we want to say that is not, that's a pretty weak hook statement. What I might do instead, and I'm literally doing this on the fly. I don't have like a, <laughs> I don't have like a plan <laughs> on what I'm saying here. So I'm not doing my best work right now, but I might say something like, okay, since most folks think that holistic means wellness, <sighs> what is a more insidious or concerning belief around the idea of holistic business? Um, I might go somewhere a little bit stronger. Like, do you beat yourself up? Um, because your so-called holistic business is driving you to burnout, that's a little spicier, right? We're kind of juxtaposing the challenge, one of the big challenges I know my customers have, uh, that they struggle with hustle culture and burnout, um, but they're also trying to present as having a holistic business. I actually talk about this in the free training we're doing where when I started my business initially, I had like, I just like was, I was performing, <laughs> I was performing um, this like, you know, very holistic nature. Um, but in reality, I was having a lot of trouble and I was really hustling and, and got very sick years ago. So that might be something that's speaking a little bit more clearly to our customer and that, that particular tension that they're dealing with. So we can go from there, but just by looking at it with kind of this, this kind of triage set of like, okay, well, I wasn't really paying attention when I did this, so I know it has these structural issues. Um, I'm looking at this and saying, is it answering a question my customer has? And the answer is no, it's not. <laughs> it's no one cares, right? This is not a question. This is not an objection. This is not a concern. It's not even a belief. What is a holistic business? That's just boring. Um, and then my hook statement, this first sentence here, additionally, and, and the actual post itself, what is a holistic business? Um, it doesn't stop the scroll. It doesn't speak to a concern that the customer has or, or a need that they have or information they need. It is a total fucking yawn. Um, so in this way, we can go back and assess our work. Now, from here, there's two different things to try. 
The first step is to essentially try the same, uh, this same concept again. Rewrite it. New graphic, new photo, new video, whatever. Um, tweak the language. Try a different perspective. Try a different hook statement and see if you get a better result, right? So I could rework this with what we just with what we were just talking about, right? Um, this idea of, okay, so maybe it's not so much what is a holistic business, but maybe the real concern is that they actually understand what that's supposed to mean, but it's not actually true in their business. And there's probably an embarrassment, even some shame there that we can work on to look at what does holistic really mean? And because we really understand what it means, maybe we won't have to feel ashamed about not having it perfect, right? And that way I can show my expertise and my philosophy of business, but in service of answering this question or speaking to this belief. So if you try it again and it still doesn't work, then you probably have a piece of content or a concept that isn't going to work, at least not right now. So if you try something twice, but you tweak it, right? So we're gonna get new image, new graphic, new text, but with the same kind of concept, in my case it is, how do I tell people what I think holistic business is? If I do it again and I, and I make those adjustments and nothing shifts, well, then it's probably the topic. It's just, it's not gonna hit, okay? Then we would go on to the other step here, the second part, which is to try something completely new, but with the consciousness, the awareness of, again, how we're feeling when we make it, what question we're answering, and then, um, you know, are we actually hooking people? Are we making it interesting for them um, uh, when we make a new piece? So you'll often see folks, and maybe you'll start to notice this a little bit more if you haven't already, You'll see people, especially people who are very prolific uh, marketers, very prolific content creators, or companies that have um, that have content teams. Um, they will often post the same thing. Now, sometimes it's literally the same thing, and I do that, right? I will totally repost old stuff that performs well, no problem. But what you'll see is you'll start to see them posting the same concept, almost a, like maybe not even in a row, but like every other post or, or frequently for a while, tweaking the language, changing how they're they're presenting it to see if it shifts. Now, this is where we can get more analytical about our changes. I actually just here just broke down two specific things to change, right? The actual graphic in this quick case, which does have text on it. So the text on the graphic and that first sentence, the hook statement. We didn't even go into the rest of this post, which also kind of sucks. Um, but just those two things you can tweak. This is sometimes called A-B testing. You test two things side by side. It's a, you can't literally A-B test on like Instagram um, because an A-B test technically sends people to two different versions of something at the same time. So you have kind of a more accurate comparison, but you can do your own version of this by making a video with one title and then making a video with another title and seeing which one performs better. And when we apply this kind of level of um, analysis, and this doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to take a long time and will get better as you, as you practice, this level of analysis, then we can triage more quickly if we are, say, in the middle of a launch and something's going sideways. The messaging isn't hitting, it's not working. That's not abnormal, it happens sometimes, right? We had a launch maybe two launches ago, three launches ago, oh, it was a while ago, um, where the messaging was off. Um, I was reusing stuff. I, I love rinse and repeat, but something wasn't hit clicking. Um, something was completely off. And I, I kind of sad to sit down and actually rewrite a bunch of stuff um, in like in the middle of the launch because we were like halfway through. And, like our numbers were okay, but I could just tell that it wasn't wasn't hitting the way it should. 
So I apply this kind of framework to look at it and say, okay, well, first of all, was I half-assing it? And the answer there was no. I mean, I was reusing stuff, but it wasn't half-assed stuff. It was like things that had performed really well in previous launches. So there then the, the gut check came, okay, can I center myself and focus long enough on what the customer needs for me to write these new things so that I'm not half-assing them now? And then I looked and I said, okay, I'm gonna change this, I'm gonna change that and try again. So this is a process. And when you're working with really great marketers, especially really great content marketers, a lot of them think this way. It is very analytical. You're breaking down and testing language, testing communication. And because a lot of us are working with ourselves, or maybe we have somebody who helps us part-time with you know, marketing or something, how we feel also impacts it. So if you are exhausted and you know you're supposed to post on Instagram that day and your post doesn't do well, give yourself a fucking break. It probably wasn't your best work and that's okay. I'm literally looking at a week's worth of stuff that I've posted on social media that like semi-bombed. And um, that's why, <laughs> because I half-assed all of it. So I hope this is helpful as a way to really think about your marketing SOS, how to triage, especially if you are in a situation where you're heading into a launch or a promotion and things aren't working. We wanna always do the first check. Where am I making this, right? What am I bringing to the table when I'm creating this? The second piece, Am I actually answering a question for my customer? Who is this for? Why does this fucking thing matter? And three, am I communicating that effectively? Is it interesting? Is it engaging? Am I using the tools available to me? Again, like that hook statement, I see so many people posting on Instagram where that first sentence like doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's either in jargon or it's like, it's just random. It doesn't actually speak to the customer. Maybe it's like a title of like a series or something. No one cares, right? That like, that's not like people are not going to drop their scroll for that unless they're already fans of yours, in which case they're already probably buying. Um, so we can kind of break these things down and then ultimately come back to, am I clearly communicating? And if you need to get some outside help, ask a friend, ask a colleague, ask a coach, bring it to an asset review in HBA, um, because sometimes we can't see it clearly, especially when it's our own work. All right, y'all, if this was helpful for you, then I would love for you to come to our free training on November 16th, um, how to attract ideal customers without doing all the things. We're gonna look at how to apply the holistic business framework. That is my proprietary seven phase system that I developed for our Holistic Business Academy members. Talk about how to apply the foundations of that to your business so that you can get more customers, make more money, do more good work without you know getting stuck in this hustle burnout mode. Um, you can register for that at holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash attract. So I will see you there on November 16th for the free training and um, it's free. So invite your friends, more the merrier. <laughs> All right, y'all, I will see you next week. Bye for now.